Wake up, America, before it's too late. The Steve Day Show. And greetings. Happy Wednesday. Thank you for tuning in here today, live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio and podcast. I am Steve Dace. He's Todd Erzin. He is Aaron McIntyre. And then, of course, there are all of you and there are a growing number of you, which we greatly and really appreciate. So thank you for being a part of that growing number. Want to let you know, first and foremost, at the bottom of this hour, I'm going to take some time out of our typical schedule on a Wednesday and I want to discuss with you that I, something that I think is very important. It's a little sensitive, but uh, we believe in transparency here on the show. As much, you know, I've, I've always tried to be as transparent as I can be when it doesn't violate the confidences of others. And I think given the stakes of the moment, um, this requires maybe an extra layer of transparency. So I'm going to take some time here at the bottom of this hour. Todd and Aaron don't even know yet what this is. I let them know I wanted to do this, but I didn't tell them in advance what it was because I want to let them react to it the same way all of you will, you know, live and in real time. But I think it's a very important conversation, and we'll get to that here at the bottom of this hour. Next hour, we will play our weekly game of Buy, Seller, Hold. That's where you take over the things that we talk about, and we will be joined as always, by the weekly prophet of woe and lamentation. But before we uh, engage in said zany hijinks, let us begin, as we always do, with Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by the most important two minutes you'll hear all week. Congressman Thomas Massey spoke on the House floor yesterday in support of a bill that would end the COVID jab mandates for healthcare workers. Listen up and listen closely because it is perhaps the most pithy indictment of the lies surrounding the COVID jabs. What are some of those lies? Let's start with the first one. The first lie, the vaccine prevents spread. Who... Who says that it doesn't prevent spread? Is this an internet conspiracy? Well, it's on the internet, but it's the CDC director, Rochelle Walensky, who said a year ago, what the vaccines can't do anymore is prevent transmission. Pfizer admitted they were not asked by regulators to assess whether their shots reduce transmission, nor did their trials measure whether the shots reduce transmission. What's the second lie that this mandate is predicated on? The vaccines don't cause any harm, can't cause any harm. They're safe. They're completely safe. You have nothing to worry about. No side effects. No adverse reactions. Who disputes that? Is it an Internet conspiracy? It's the CDC website. Yes, it's on the Internet. The CDC website acknowledges that the vaccines can cause myocarditis, pericarditis, blood clots, and even death. CDC and FDA recently announced they had identified a preliminary vaccine safety signal for persons 65 and older for the bivalent vaccine that that it could increase their chance of stroke in the 21 days following vaccination with Pfizer's new bivalent vaccine. What's the third lie that this is predicated on, this vaccine mandate for healthcare workers? That it's scientific, that it makes sense. How does it make sense to require somebody to have two shots targeted at a, at a variant of the virus that is no longer circulating, to have two shots that wear off after eight months, two shots that were taken two years ago? The CDC acknowledges 
that those vaccines that are mandated, taken two years ago, have worn off by now. Why would you mandate them? What's the fourth lie that this vaccine mandate is predicated on? It ignores natural immunity. When the vaccines first came out, the CDC that said that the vaccine was, that the Pfizer trial showed that the vaccine was 92% efficacious for those who had already had COVID. Guess what? It showed no such thing. I called the CDC. They admitted to me it was wrong. They said they would fix the website. Here we are over two years later. They haven't fixed that lie on their website. Moving on, an update on the Biden classified documents fiasco. We previously knew there were some classified documents being stored at the University of Pennsylvania, where Biden had a think tank after he left the Obama administration. Now, thanks to reporting from CBS News, we know the FBI conducted a raid on this think tank all the way back in November. And of course, we're just now hearing about it. The White House predictably has been mum on whether they knew the organization was raided. This morning, CBS News reported the FBI is back at Biden's home today in Rehoboth, Delaware, continuing their search for classified documents. Speaking of Biden, he announced the other day he's planning on ending the COVID state of emergency by May 11th. He was asked to comment about ending the emergency declaration. What's behind your decision to end the COVID emergency? Apparently, Biden, as you just heard, thinks the Supreme Court is the one who declares and undeclares states of emergency and literally nobody knows what to make of it. One more note on Biden. His administration is preparing yet another $2.2 billion in weapons aid to send to Ukraine. In the midst of scathing attacks on his record as governor of Florida from Donald Trump and his friends, Ron DeSantis yesterday had the perfect response without even mentioning Donald Trump's name. I roll out of bed. I have people attacking me from all angles. It's been happening for many, many years. And if you look at the good thing about it, though, is like if you take a crisis situation like COVID, you know, the good thing about it is when you're an elected executive, you have to make all kinds of decisions. you got to steer that ship. And the good thing is, is that the people are able to render a judgment on that, whether they reelect you or not. And I'm happy to say, you know, in my case, not only did we win reelection, we won with the highest percentage of the vote that any Republican governor candidate has in the history of the state of Florida. We won by the largest raw vote margin over 1.5 million votes than any uh, governor candidate has ever had in Florida history. And in fact, we almost doubled the previous record, which I think was like 780,000 vote margin. And so what I would just say is uh, that verdict has been rendered by the people of the state of Florida. Yet another measure introduced this week in Florida by DeSantis is a proposal to eliminate all state funding for diversity, equity, and inclusion and the teaching of critical racist theory in public institutions, including in schools and universities. That would also eliminate race-based scholarships and incentives as well. This is in addition to new tough-on-crime measures the governor announced this week that would ban the suspension of cash bail in Florida cities. That makes it harder for criminals to get back out on the streets. And a proposal to introduce the death penalty for child rapists. Yes, sir. Quick 2024 side note, former South Carolina governor and U.S. ambassador to the United Nations, Nikki Haley, has announced she's making an announcement on February 15th. It's widely expected she'll be announcing her bid to be Donald Trump for Ron DeSantis's fodder in the GOP presidential primary. Texas Governor Greg Abbott says he's appointing a border czar 
Abbott, back in November, declared the situation on the Texas-Mexico border as an invasion and, by all accounts, did absolutely nothing in the aftermath. And finally, this from the Babylon Bee. U.S. tanks in Ukraine already destroyed after being easily recognized by their rainbow camouflage. And that's what happened while we were away. <laughs> the the Babylon Bee has had a couple of bangers. Uh, Gabe, a couple yes, it adopts, uh, or adopts a baby that uh, matches their shoes. Yikes. That that was a banger. Uh, what was the Elon Omar one that you mentioned to me? Oh, okay. If, the, uh, if Israel uh, is if, if, innocent, why do they insist on being Jews? Yes, if Israel is innocent, why do they insist on being Jews? Right from Elon Omar? I mean, I mean, they, remember when it was a plucky, cheeky outfit? Now they are just laying down napalm over there now. Yeah, when's the last and time I you, approve, by the way. When's the last time they talked about a praise band? Yes, it's been a minute. Yes. Aaron's Montage brought to you by our friends over at Eden Pure Air Purifiers. They want to make it even more affordable than ever for you to try this outstanding product that has over uh, 265,000 units sold because it works. So right now they're offering buy one, get one free of their thunderstorm air purifiers that are filterless, won't require for you to spend out of pocket to replace filters or to take the time to do it. Um, You can now get this BOGO deal right now uh, when you buy one thunderstorm. Normally, we've done this in packs of three. Now they want to make it as simple as possible. When you buy one, you get another one for free. And by the way, this applies to no matter how many you buy. No matter how many you buy, you get an equal amount for free. You cannot beat it. Buy two, get two free. Buy five, get five free. All right? So if you want to completely eliminate pretty much any odor in your home that would not require the EPA to be called... All right. Get a hold of our friends over at EdenPureDeals.com now. Use the discount code Steve to take advantage of this buy one, get one free offer. Shipping is also free. So free shipping, buy one, get one free for as many units as you want to buy, one or five or even more. All right. With the discount code Steve at EdenPureDeals.com. All right. Let us uh, get into what Aaron highlighted in his montage. Um. I thought a lot about, I don't want to spend a bunch of time on this because we talked about it yesterday, but I figured since DeSantis responded, let me just address, talk about that and and we'll move on. I thought a lot about what you said yesterday that attempts to essentially goad him or intimidate him. Okay. And, um, and it's not easy. It's, it's, I mean, take it from somebody who worked on a campaign that tried to figure out how to do this. It is not a simple thing to do. Okay. But if, if he can maintain that posture right there, right? And not not feel compelled to get down into the mud and sling it back, which then ends up getting some of it on him from a, a favorability standpoint, okay? Essentially that the people of Florida, I might even add, I mean, you know, if it comes down to that in a debate, you can look at Mr. Trump and say, Mr. President, I mean, we did such a great job in Florida, you, you moved here, you know? I mean, but... That posture, um, that temperament, I'm kind of rising above, even though there was, as Aaron pointed out, there's a subtle Ricky Bobby reference there. I roll out of bed, okay? Um, But if you can maintain that, now it is not easy to do that for two hours on a debate stage with Donald Trump. It is certainly not easy to do it over the course of six to eight months in a campaign. But that right there. And, and, and letting the, the, the jury of the will of the people in the last election 
they ultimately cast the verdict here. If you can maintain that, that to me is the secret sauce. It is not easy to do. Okay. It is not easy to do, but that I thought is the right way to respond to what team Trump is trying to do right now. Any other commentary on that? Otherwise, we can just move on. Totally agree. And when, when you go and look at some of their media flacks, like Christina Pusha, it's like Donald Trump doesn't even exist. It's like he, he was never born. They're totally all Florida all the time. They're making that state as great as it ever has been. I think yeah. that's the right strategy. Keep, keep reading your Nehemiah every morning. Just I'm doing a... I'm great. doing a very important work. Yes. I cannot come down from this wall. Absolutely. All right. <laughs> Let's get to Congressman Massey's two-minute statement. Where is the lie? No lies. There aren't any. Everything he says there is true. Absolutely everything. Every word of it. If anything, he was too deferential in saying that it was last year that CDC admitted the vaccines don't stop transmission. It was actually in August of 2021 that they originally did that. Rochelle Walensky originally went on CNN on, I think it was August 5th or 6th of 2021, and made that admission to Wolf Blitzer. Now, as I've pointed out whenever I've made this point, since it was on CNN, I, I don't blame a lot of people for not knowing this, okay? But that is true. Uh, that is the first time they made that admission, and it was almost exactly one month later to that day that the president uh, announced with the imaginary powers he doesn't have that he was going to impose a mass poisoning of the American people, that he had to take the mark to buy or sell. I'm, I'm sorry. Um, uh, had to take the poisonous jab uh, to work if you worked in a place with more than 100 people, I believe it was. Yeah, I love how I was saying poisonous jab is the subtle that's thing. The, that's the... <laughs> That's fantastic. Yes. Times are dark, people. Yes, indeed. That is a poisonous jab is now where we go to escape looking crazy, right? Yeah. But um, yeah, so I mean, we're, we're now, what would that be? August, early August. So four months, 12 months. This is the seven, 17 months? 17 months ago that that admission was made by CDC. So if anything, he was giving them the maximum benefit of the doubt. It was actually two calendar years ago that this admission was made. And yet they proceeded henceforth with their unconstitutional, evil, wicked, poisonous jab mandate, nevertheless. But if you go back to the last election, and I told you guys, I I don't know how much they're going to fight on debt and Ukraine, but it was worthwhile to me to have Republicans in the majority if for no other reason it would give platforms to people like Thomas Massey and Chip Roy, and you want to talk about surreal moments that, you know, if you're not a political insider or junkie, you won't get it. And that's kind of part of the problem. You know, a lot of people that do what I do for a living have encouraged you guys that are involved in the GOP to get on the platform committee and, and write a very righteous platform. Yeah, yeah it's a waste of your time. Um, it, it doesn't make a difference. It's not the Bible. It, it's not holy writ doesn't the the platform doesn't compel anybody to anything it's only as good as the people that you elect you actually want to wield power in the republican party come here and i'll show you go to the rules committee there's a reason why they let all of us crazies on the platform committee they're in the smoke-filled room determining who's going to run where the money goes who gets the appointment um you know it's the golden rule he who has the gold gets to make all the rules and that's where the gold is dispersed and the rules are made is on the rules committee and so 
Chip sent me a, a note a couple of weeks ago after the whole thing with McCarthy had settled down. He's like, I'm going to, you know, I know I need to do it, but I'm going to really need you to talk me into being on the rules committee because I, <laughs> I don't want to do that job. He said live on TV. He said, kill me now. Yes, that's exactly what he said. <laughs> kill me now. Those were his exact words. I, I tried to dress it up a little bit, you know, and he said sitting congressman after all i tried to make it seem a little bit more he was blinking official, sos with his eyelids but he literally did kill me now he literally did text that okay but i i said hey that's exactly thankfully he did not listen to me when i told him not to run thankfully he listened to me and a few others when we told him that is where power is wielded you absolutely have to be there absolutely you do and so we had this surreal moment yesterday in the house of representatives where thomas massey and chip roy we're running the floor agenda for the Republican majority. That wasn't on anybody's bingo card, right? All right. But how did they get there? Will of the people, and they exercised the leverage the people gave them. CR Novak Djokovic conversation. Exactly. Yesterday. Are there exactly. any broader lessons? No, 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 no broader lessons. Here. No, yeah, no, none at all. No. Uh, other than not doing that for 20 years, yeah. if not longer. Yeah. They exercised the leverage they had. And now they were Thomas, and it was on. A, it was while they were debating lots of things involving COVID. In fact, they were managing the floor for the Republican Party. Thomas Massey and Chip Roy, arguably the two best members of Congress we have. Like, and not, and and I know when we say that, it's nowadays, it's like, and that's a low bar. Looking at the, but like they're like legitimately good I, on their own. I, I dare okay? you to do better. Yeah, they're like legitimately good on their own. It's just in this era, they appear to be titans of Olympus. Okay, uh, but they are legitimately good on their own. Okay, uh, not just in comparison to what else is up. What else is up there? But they may be the two best we have. They're certainly in that conversation, for sure. And they were running the floor for the Republican Party, wielding real power on the floor of the House of Representatives. And that I did not envision we could we could make happen. But I thought we could at least allow people like Massey the platform to say the things that he said there in that two minute clip. Pry, take the crowbar, pry that open Overton window up a little bit larger. Right. And now and this is going to be a bit of a hint to what I'm going to discuss here at the bottom of the hour next segment. But this is where things get said directly to people now and they are without excuse. And one of the things I had to learn early on in my career, and this is where Iowa Nice worked to my advantage, is, I mean, I came on the air right away, man, and it was a, it was a moth to a flame. It was, it was, you know, it was a pit bull to, you know, red meat on the sidewalk. I mean, I just, I went right for the kill, you know? And a lot of Iowans were like, you know, we might even agree with what you're saying, but have you called so-and-so or asked so-and-so and and talked to so-and-so to, you know, give them a chance to respond, right? You know? I'm like, oh, crap, you guys want fairness. Okay, fine. All right? And that's what I learned early in my career here working in Iowa, is that if you earnestly gave people an opportunity to tell their side of the story, and they either outed themselves as, as grifters or frauds, or duplicitous or feckless, but I repeat myself. Or they didn't take you up on that opportunity because they didn't want to out themselves as such, right? That at that point in time, you had the audience's permission. It was basically Mel Gibson to Joaquin Phoenix in signs. Swing away. At that point, you may, you may fire when ready, 
Okay, if the Death Star may uh, has has reached the planet. Okay, you may do what you would like at that point. Um, and that's what Massey did there. Nearly a full chamber, full a day's worth of debate, and he looks his colleagues in the eye and tells them the truth of what has been done to the American people with this scamdemic and with these poisonous jabs for the last two years. So that's half the battle right there is just getting it out into the ether. Um, I had a reporter. I think I mentioned this last week. I had a reporter that I've known for many, many years because we both started in Iowa. She now works for, she's the head Bloomberg political yeah, reporter. I know her well. Yeah. Jennifer Jacobs is her name. Of course. And she wanted to know about the lay of the land in Iowa. And I got into the jab issue and the medical freedom issue. And that's a point of contention right now with Trump and the GOP base, particularly in a state that has a lot of uh, homeschoolers and medical freedom people like Iowa does. And I even said to her, now, I'm because I, I, we've known each other for a long time, so I felt free to just be brutally honest. I don't know if you work for an outlet that will allow you to add to sufficiently and, and specifically lay out what the issue is, but it's the, and I laid out for her some of the things with the jab and things of that nature. And then she sent me the quotes that she was going to use for the story and um, to make sure I was okay with them. And they, they were what I said, but they left that part of it out. Clearly, she couldn't get that or, easy, or was not going to try, okay? The Overton window there was closed. And see, that's, that's why there is power in the letterhead. There is power in the office, the, the bully pulpit that it provides. So what Thomas Massey did there, now it won't be sufficient to do it once. We need more people to do it. We need him to, him to do it more than once. And I, knowing him, I, I think he's probably perfectly capable and willing of doing so. But... They don't want this information out into the public. They don't, you don't ever censor an argument. There's only two reasons you censor something. On its, on its face, it's, it's so destructive and disgusting that it is societally poisonous, like child porn, for example. The other reason is we can't beat that in the arena of ideas. And so we don't want it out there. It doesn't comport, confirm with our narrative. It contradicts it. It makes it vulnerable. And that's most of what we see in this day and age. That censorship occurs for that reason. Right? Like one of the things Elon Musk first did when he took over Twitter was cleaning up and cleaning out the, the child pornographers. Which means prior to Elon Musk's purchase of Twitter, what was all over Twitter? Child pornographers. If they weren't there, he wouldn't have to clean them out. Right. Okay. So most of the censorship we see in this day and age, that's why in past eras, censorship arguments were about obscenity. What's too obscene for the public to see? Okay. Now, most censorship arguments in our day and age are not about obscenity, are they? No, we're actively grooming our yeah, children. Yes, in our indeed. Schools, yes, so indeed. We're going of, the other way. Yes. Correct. Now, most censorship arguments are about whether your ideas are fit for public consumption, i.e., whether I can I can risk losing a debate to you if people hear what you think. Mm -hmm. Okay. Your thoughts. Yeah, this is a part. Uh, this is an issue that's driving people crazy, and at some point, and it's it's most people. But you're just going to, if you really want to move on, the only way to do it is to swallow some humble pie. Because there's some fantastic threads just today on Twitter. 
there's one person uh, tweeting about all the hypocrisies of Donald Trump vis-a-vis DeSantis and shutting down and all the times that he congratulated uh, DeSantis and all the times he uh, uh, said Florida was the way. And now he's trying to redo that. But then the flip side, there's another thread on the very same day of somebody showing all the ways that Trump was right uh, about covid in terms of trying to keep people coming in from China and the Democrats. And he was right about hydroxychloroquine. Uh, other things, AZ. yeah, see. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. We've, we've talked about the Daily Wire. And there, again, today, uh, Ben Shapiro is in a, a back and forth uh, where he's talking about all the things I did and said. It's like you just have got to embrace the fact. If you really, really don't want to be shanked by this again, you, 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 you can't talk your way out of this thing. You've got to humble yourself to the fact that one of the greatest coups in certainly all of American history, if not the greatest coup, happened within the last three years. And it happened to most of you. And some of you like it. Some of you love it. So this isn't for you. But those of you who don't, don't, you, don't triangulate. Don't too smart by half. Don't Rube Goldberg this thing. What Steve is talking about is is the way just accept what thomas massey pointed out is the obvious fraud that was perpetrated on you mind body and soul there's no other way there's no clever conservative gymnastics you're all making fools out of yourselves stop it lives are at stake that's a fantastic word todd Mm -hmm. i just saw this morning uh somebody talking about i can't remember who it was on twitter uh talking about how and and accurately so the system that we have right now in this country and all of its institutions there is absolutely no apologies back backtracking it's just all narrative all the time there's no sense of the word you used humility that's mm-hmm. true mm-hmm You know why that's true, though? Us. There's no, when it comes to the jab, what what were we talking about on Friday? There's not a critical mass of people. And I think we got into this off air as well. There's not a critical mass of people, even if they know it deep down in their hearts, who are willing to humble themselves publicly and say, I got duped. Or even privately within their own lives, and what that would mean for them to say, I got duped. Until that changes, the system the system can, can keep doing what it's doing. Another way of saying this, they're never going to be humbled, forcefully or otherwise, until we humble ourselves. And I mean everyone, and that's on the right as well. So I, this is, again, um, going back to the, the Trump-DeSantis thing uh, and, and what you were just talking about. It's going to be a super, super long. This is not going anywhere anytime soon. It's going to be a very long primary season. And as particularly on the issue of COVID, was Donald Trump, did he bungle that overall? I would say yes. Was he right on some things? Yes. Was he right about the most important thing coming out of COVID? Absolutely not. In fact, he's going 180 degrees in the opposite direction. Um, And that's, do we want truth or do we just want our preferred narrative about our preferred candidate? That's really the debate across the board in our culture right now is, do do we value truth? And yes, 
that is that's why our problems are spiritual. A non-spiritual people, an irreligious people, will not value truth. Because from the from they're they're starting from the beginning with the flawed premise that the highest truth is themselves. And therefore, truth is filtered through their desires, their wants. Belief becomes truth. Belief becomes fact. Emotion becomes truth. Emotion becomes fact. Desire becomes truth. Desire becomes fact. And we're, that's why we're in an epistemological crisis in the West, and the United States in particular. And there is nothing, there is nothing more important that binds any society together than a collective embrace of truth. From the very founding of this country, we hold these truths, truths to be self-evident. We hold. We hold. We hold these truths to be obvious. What truths? That all men are created equal. Created. We hold the truth that men are created. Therefore, there must be a creator. Creator. Yes. And therefore, they are endowed. What does an endowment mean? Is that something you earned? Is that something you you created? You you no. Pr- no you know you were given. That is something you are given. Who is the who's the giver? Who's the giver of these rights? And again, this is Thomas Jefferson writing this, right? Considering he tried hard in his life to escape some of these things. Yes, he, he couldn't. Did. He, he found could he not. couldn't. No. So you are. It's the Creator who endows these rights. He grants these rights. The creator that they hold, then they and they hold the truth of this self-evident. That's what's uniting and binding them together at the dawn of this country, and that doesn't bind us together anymore. And that's why we're unraveling as a country. All right, guys, the calendar has officially flipped to February. You're on blast. Don't mess it up. In fact, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to drop you a little download right here. All right. A little tip on the dope rhyme right here, right now, as you're listening to me right now. All right. Go to books.com. B-O-U-Q-S. B as in boy. Yeah, boy. I'm talking to you. Books.com. Right, go there right now. Use the promo code Steve. 25% off their farm fresh bouquets that are absolutely outstanding. And because they're farm fresh and not factory fresh, they last even longer. They've got unique designs you don't see on other sites as well. All right. They've even got flowers grown on the sides of volcanoes. That's kind of cool. All right. So go there right now. Send that special someone the special message that she's lying to you when she says she doesn't expect anything or want anything. If you haven't figured that out yet, I probably can't help you. Okay. So right now, books.com, promo code Steve, and they love it when you send it to their job so their girlfriends see it. Another little tip there for you. Okay. Books.com, B-O-U-Q-S, 
Books.com, promo code Steve for 25% off now. When you go to Books.com, just get it done now. Don't put it off. Don't put it off. Don't put it off. Just get it done now, out of the way. You'll totally forget when it gets delivered on Valentine's Day or closer until she texts you or calls your emails in and, you're, and you'll play it up. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's cool. You got it done. It's better to forget after you got it done than to wake up the day of and realize I forgot and didn't get it done. So get it done now. All right. Books.com, promo code Steve for 25% off. Okay. I want to take a few minutes here and I want to, I want to have what I think is anyway, an important conversation with you guys in the audience. Um, we are heading towards what I think is a very important and, and will be at times and at times already has been a divisive primary fight between Ron DeSantis and, and Donald Trump. I've been saying for well over a year on this show, in my view, I think that Ron DeSantis makes a better candidate and president for this period of time based on how I saw him govern in Florida. But notice I started with the, the phrase there, with that assessment, I started that phrase with, I think. That is my subjective opinion. I think I have good reasons for it, otherwise I wouldn't hold it, obviously. But it's a subjective opinion. What is an objective fact is that we have to stop these shots. That is an objective fact. We have to stop them. What is not an objective fact, but is a probably accurate analysis, is that Donald Trump, in his effort to run it back, faces three obstacles. On a favorability level, can he win people back over to the Republican side that was lost because they don't like him? Can he do that? People have a tendency just to have very short fuses and want to move on and, and, and like the shiny new toy, shiny object. And I can be guilty of that, certainly. And the jab. I was unsure to not confident Donald Trump was going to be a good president. That's why I fought him every step of the way, all the way to the convention floor. Here is what I saw Donald Trump do prior to March 16th of 2020 when the world damn near ended. I saw him completely flip and change the paradigm of America's foreign policy. Essentially topple long-standing institutions and institutionalists at the State Department with their two-state solutions. Fails, miserable fails, year after year, decade after decade, a lot of the same people, whether there was a Bush or a Clinton in office with a lot of the same misreads of the real world and projections of their own utopian fantasies and fevered dreams. I saw him 
destroy that paradigm and create unprecedented peace in the most troubled and violent region of the world we've seen in our lifetimes. I saw him fulfill his promise to appoint the justices that would overturn Roe. I remember when he said that in the debate against Hillary Clinton, in one of the debates against Hillary Clinton in 2016. Not your typical strict constructionist judges or even pro-life judges we've heard from Republicans, but he specifically said, I'm going to appoint justices that will overturn Roe. And he did. And as someone that has spent as much time discussing, debating, writing about, advocating on behalf of the pro-life issue pretty much more than any other issue in my career. I'm eternally grateful for that. And I think all of us that have that conviction should be as well. I know this is, this is why he frustrates me. His persona often will grate on me. But those are two instances where, where I saw Donald Trump directly change decades embedded paradigms that were rotting at the soul, heart and soul of this country. So I know that he can do it because we saw him do it. We can all debate motivations and all that kind of, you know, I, I, if, you, if you need to make the perfect the enemy of the good, if you need, if, you're, if your only heroes are people who perfectly quote the Bible in all instances and are spirit-filled, God bless you, be prepared to be disappointed east of Eden on a frequent basis. I'm just going to inspect fruit. That's good fruit. Amen? Is that good fruit? Yeah. Yeah. That's fruit on his tree. I know that he can disrupt and destroy paradigms. That's why I am trying to work through private channels to get to him to destroy one more. And yes, I'll say up front, I'm well aware of the fact that if we can get Donald Trump to see the light about these jabs, and become a vehicle and a vessel for the ending of these shots like he was willing to on other controversial issues that people in the system didn't want to touch like immigration for example it may make him unbeatable and unstoppable for the GOP nomination okay I don't have any personal stake in Ron DeSantis other than just admiration for his record I don't know him at all has made no attempt to reach out to me. I don't, I don't know what the future will hold. I mean, his lovely wife, Casey, just battled cancer a year ago. Do we have, would we, would it, heaven forbid, but would it be a shocking story if you woke up in six months and found out that he couldn't run for president because it came no. back? No, it would not. Just like Donald Trump's pushing 80. Would it shock you if in six months you woke up and found out he's no longer with us on the earthly plane either? No. Right. You know, here, here's, so I can only deal with what's in front of me right now. Here's what I know is in front of me right now. These things have killed too many people. We have to stop them. They have disabled too many people. We have to stop them. And few people on this entire planet have a platform with the magnitude capable of doing it than he does.
And that's a much higher priority to me. The objective fact that these shots are killing people and we have to stop them. I can't even space bar out how much higher of a priority that is for me than my subjective preference and opinion and analysis of a primary cycle that still won't have its very first vote cast until about a year from right now, a full year. Have we all not learned in the last few years that a hell of a lot can change in a year and a lot less than that? Yeah. We have to, we have to end these now. I tried to do this with lockdowns both with the president and the vice president, people I knew in the White House or that were close to the White House, to both of those men, I tried to get them that data. I, I, I did briefings off the record with VIPs in this studio trying to reach the Trump White House with the data that we shared with all of you. It was not successful. But I understand you're drinking from a fire hose in the White House. It's a crisis a minute. He's not president now, though. So now I think there might be an opportunity to get his attention, particularly when you see things like he has to change his fundraising operation because it's underwhelming in the last quarter. So to that end, I worked even last night because it's, that's what I need one more thing to do. I need another part-time job. But to that end, because of how important I think this is, I worked even last night with how to get data to him. I even crafted a sort of talking point narrative like I would do for Ted Cruz when I worked for him or other people on how to make this pivot. I'll even share with you what I sent over to his people. I'll even share it with you. Quote, Originally, there was strong data that indicated the vaccine worked well in mitigating against severe symptoms from the original strain of the China virus, thus saving a lot of lives. However, in August of 2021, Joe Biden's CDC chair admitted on national TV, but since it was CNN, nobody actually saw it. I tried to write this in his vote, his voice, okay? <laughs> that with the arrival of the Delta variant, the vaccine no longer met the traditional definition of the term. It no longer stopped transmission of the virus. So what did Biden do a month after that? He mandated a vaccine that no longer vaccinated because that's what tyrants do. For a time, the shots still worked well with lessening symptoms, but they kept mandating more and more boosters that they lost their overall effectiveness uh, because of Biden's incompetence and mismanagement. These idiots took the program I started and ruined it, just like they ruined in the rest of the country after I left office. Why didn't the FDA and CDC stop them? Because they're all part of the same swamp that needs drained. They told me they wanted to save lives as soon as they could, so I made that happen for them. After I left, they just wanted to make as much money as they possibly could, and that put people's lives at risk. I think you can make a factual case for everything I said here. I think it's possible, factually, that against the original variant, there was a window in the winter of 21 where there was some level of efficaciousness against a severe infection. The problem is the damage that these shots have done since then, the, the overall epidemiological curve is in the red here. We're in the red with the damage they've done compared to any good they may have done in those windows. The damage has been catastrophic. So he can save some face here. He can, he can claim some win. Get rid of the stupid 100 million. And I told him that last night. Get rid of the dumb 100 million lives line. It look ridiculous. Stop that. Say many lives. I think you can make a case. You saved some lives. You did what they asked of you. 
the same people, Mr. President, that lied to you about hydroxychloroquine when you were right about it, lied to you about this too. So I want you to know now, today, on the 1st of February, almost exactly a year before the Iowa caucuses cast the very first vote in the 2024 primary, I have no idea how this will go in the next year. But if we get into a situation where I am ardently opposing him in support of DeSantis or the other way around, maybe I'm like, yeah, I happen to think DeSantis is better, but it's the collateral damage of how that difference is not enough for me to risk alienating my audience and splitting them in half over the over what's a largely subjective contest. Whichever one of those two paths I take, I want you, all of you, within the sound of my voice right now to know it is going to be determined by what is taking place at this moment right here. I'm trying. I'm going to do everything I can. Everything I can. And may not be successful. Remember when I said a few minutes ago, I learned early on in my career, when you give people the chance to do the right thing and then they don't, then the audience gives you the freedom to swing away. I'm doing that. This is me doing that right here. I'm, I want him to take this. I want him to pivot here. I want him to get into the light, walk into the light here on this. Far more than I want Ron DeSantis to be the GOP nominee. Because I know lives will be saved today, today. Someone will be alive that would not have been if he does. Ron DeSantis has made a similar pivot. He was at this time in 2021 aggressively promoting his own vaccine rollout to seniors throughout Florida. He then saw the data, came to some realizations in the spring and summer, and then throughout the course of the next year to get to where he is at now. I recommended this to my own mom in the winter of 2021. None of us here, unless you came in here with a dogmatic preconception like even Todd, but even Todd was kind of hoping maybe these things will work and get us out of this. To some degree, you were kind of hoping. We'll see. You doubted it. No one here is, has, has some kind of, is, is without original sin on, the, on, on, on any of this. None of us are. Even those of us that have been on the cutting edge of this issue from day one. None of us have no taint of original sin here. Redemption and repentance are available and possible. You have to choose it, though. You have to accept it, sir. So with whatever influence I have, I am trying. I am trying to get into Mar-a-Lago with some light. So I want you to know how this goes during this period of time will likely determine how this show goes in a later period of time. And I want everybody to understand, if you're disappointed on whichever path we take in response to the path he chooses, it's, it's a reaction to trying to preemptively head all of this off at the pass and do the right thing at least as far as I think is the right thing, and as far as I can take the right thing to go. So that is what I wanted to share with all of you here during this segment. I'm going to try. I'm trying. And that's the best that I can do. We'll come back with Hour 2. It'll be your turn as we play Buy, Sell, or Hold when we do. 
And then the weekly prophet of woe and lamentation, Daniel Horowitz, he will join us as well. Stay tuned. back here with Hour 2, live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. I'm Steve Dace. He's Todd Erzin. He is Aaron McIntyre. You are you. Let us know what you think about what we think by emailing the show, steve at stevedace.com. D-E-A-C-E is how to spell the last name. Like us on Facebook, MeWe, and Gab. Follow me at Steve Dace Show on Twitter, Getter, Instagram, and TikTok. And then you can find me as well over on Truth Social at Real Steve Dace over there. Those of you that find us via the podcast, thank you so much. If you have yet to do this, please leave us a five-star review. If you've got a question you'd like to have considered in an upcoming Ask Me Anything, embed that question into your five-star review, and you'll go to the front of the line for consideration by Todd for our next AMA, which is a week from Monday, because Monday, February 6th, I will be speaking at the University of Chicago Law School, so I'll be off that day, so no show, but Monday, February 13th will be the next Ask Me Anything, and maybe your question gets answered, so embed it into your five-star review, uh, and then also hit subscribe or follow for us if you've yet to do that too, and thank you to all of you that have done those things for us already. A big thank you as well to our friends over at Bonner Private Wines. If you think Todd is ornery, and miserable and insufferable now. You should have seen him before Bonner Private Wines came onto the show. Fair. I wondered fair? when that line of description for Todd was going, uh, ornery and insufferable and miserable and uh, ugly. and <laughs> <laughs> With a blackened soul and a tar heart. Yes. Um, Bonner Private Wines, they have, I mean, these wines are phenomenal. Red wines imported from deep within the Andes Mountains, about 9,000 feet of altitude. These Malbec grapes grown by families that are on now their second century, not second generation, century, second century of doing this the old fashioned way. Uh, outstanding red wines, leather, smoke, a little dark cherry flavor, all of that combined. And they've had this great deal for a long time now. Okay, where you get half off the shipping and half off the wine and the shipping. That's a big thing, man, when you're talking about imported wines. But now they have sweetened it to four bottles instead of three because they're also adding a bonus bottle of their small batch limited production wine from their exclusive wine cellar. So this applies now to four bottles. You see three on the screen if you're watching on Blaze TV. But now it applies to a fourth bottle as well. When you go to BonnerPrivateWines.com slash Steve, B-O-N-N-E-R, BonnerPrivateWines.com slash Steve. All right, let's get to it. One of the most fun times of the week every week. Let's play buy, sell, or hold. Aaron, with help from his friends, that would be you in the audience, has prepared a list of things that Todd and I will consider. And then we will consider buying them or selling them if we use the hold for any reason whatsoever. Then you have to go back in time and let Lindsey Graham stand behind you as he stood behind Donald Trump at his presidential announcement in South Carolina. You have to risk being in that level of proximity to Lindsey Graham behind you, Todd. Does this mean Lindsey Graham is in one of the channels you're working through to get to no, Donald no, Trump no, now? No, no, You know what? Can I do this? Maybe you the you first don't want to work through Lindsey Graham's channel? <laughs> Wide is the road of destruction, my How friend. do you like it, Dace? When the tables are turned. I didn't. I didn't like it at all, actually, so stop. <laughs> 
please. I'd much rather be on the giving end. Been sitting here for years taking this crap. Like Lindsey Graham, I'd much rather be on the, uh, unlike Lindsey Graham, on the giving end than the taking. In, in all seriousness, can I do the very first buy, seller, hold? Go for it. All right, Todd, buy, seller, hold. You'd, uh, Lindsey Graham standing behind you or Joe Biden sniffing your hair in front of you? Which one are you taking? Or, is he, or, or Do we want to sit here in silence for the next or, 25 or, or, minutes? Because I can make or, that happen. Or the hemlock. Or the hemlock. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I left you out. Thank you. All right, go how about, ahead. How about this? Um, buy, sell, or your match slaps driver with Lindsey Graham oh, in the backseat. Oh, come seat. on. Oh, dude. Dude. <laughs> Good thing I wasn't planning on speaking at CPAC again this year. So, there we go. <laughs> I'm just going to let that hang in the air for a It is wafting for sure. Thank you. Auburn Tiger 89 gets us started off. Uh, it says, Trump's current, um, let's just say, uh, actions, words are not outliers in his behavior. His actions from 2017 to 2019 were the outliers. He's just regressing to the mean. So. I was going to sell too, but I want to hear your reason. I don't think we're again. regressing or progressing. Yes, exactly. So, it's just... Donald Trump, the same then, now, forever. We'll all know it if the miracle happens and he humbles himself. Don't, I don't even, I'm not, I tell you, I'm not doing this for the next two years. I'm not. It's just him. All right. Get that. He's almost 80 years old. He almost certainly isn't going to change and be different. He just may surprise you. He may act both ways. He may accidentally trip in helping you out. None of us knew in January of uh, 2017 how he was going to come out on the gate with issues that uh, impressed us. Hit the pause button on Never Trump, giving him a chance. It it was refreshing. Why wouldn't you go through, uh, go for it if you love your country? And that's ultimate truth is more important than political games. But this is a political game. You're playing with yourself. If you keep trying to think of this as an algebraic equation, you can solve. It's already been solved. The answer is just Donald Trump. That's it. I completely agree. Uh, I, I think that he is uh, a patriotic um, egotist, highly successful, patriotic, mercurial egotist. I think, I think he's, and I think that if you, if you accept that, then, and, and, and the patriotic part is, is key here, right? Because we're dealing with other highly successful egotists in places like Davos and Brussels, right? Okay. But they're not patriots, right? Okay. So that's often why he speaks fluent he speaks their language, okay, um, but is on our side of the issues because he 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 brings those things to the table with a love of this country that those other elements do not have. If anything, they have a disdain and hatred for it. And I think you can just see if you if you apply that and art of the deal to virtually everything you know mm-hmm. and have witnessed of Donald Trump in his public. And, and, and let me say this to, is it, was it Auburn 91 or something? Auburn Tiger 89. Yeah. 89. Okay. Let me say this. It took me a long time to figure this out myself because like you, dude, I was, you know, I mean, I was, I was doing divination at home. I mean, I was just pouring water into bowls and with dust. Okay. <laughs> trying to, <laughs> right. 
glancing into the ether, trying to co- contemplate and game plan. I have newt. Yeah, figuring out Donald Trump. Okay, when in reality, it's just it's just as simple as what Todd said. I didn't say easy, but simple. Okay, yeah. he's just a patriotic, um, highly successful and mercurial egotist. That's it. Okay, and. A lot of the instincts, that's why he does a lot of gaslighting. They do it too. They just typically do it against us, not to us. Okay. And so that's why we were just talking about this during the break with Aaron. That's why we love it when he typically does it to them. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. And so, but, but he's a patriot. And if you just look at that and then apply, apply art of the deal as the modus operandi and to how that gets figured out and carried out, it, it applies in almost every single situation. There's always outliers, but in almost every single situation. I, I I think what's difficult about this because of those things, it would be very hard. It's hard for any man. Like, let me look at Tom Brady, what he did this morning. Did you guys watch the video that he put out w- I did with, see it. with his retirement? The level of humility and self-awareness that was utilized there. Now, except for the last sentence, what was the last sentence you didn't like? And I wouldn't change a thing. Oh, you lost your family, dude. Yeah. I mean, okay. I, but every other than that, he said, I'm not doing the whole dramatic thing. That was last was, year. You're yep, right. You're yep, right. Yep. I over basically he admitted I overstayed my welcome. Yeah. I should have known when to go. Last year was the time we had a team that was good enough to win the Super Bowl again. We didn't do it. But I set every passing record I've ever wanted to set. That was the he basically admitted that on a video. And then put it out, no teary-eyed press conferences, no farewell tours, no endless speculation about, will he go to the Jets? Will he go to the 49ers, the Raiders? Okay, right. and, 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 and it's hard. If, if men were capable, easily, of admitting when we were wrong, women wouldn't have to be right so often. <laughs> All right? Okay? Um, it's not easy. Now, add that to... What his makeup is, he's a patriotic, highly successful, mercurial egotist. So it's hard for the male ego to admit when it's exceeded its grasp and outkicked its coverage in and of itself, right? Mm -hmm. Now when someone whose ego is one of the primary driving forces in their life is being asked to do that, and we're talking about something that is of a lot more catastrophic nature than did Tom Brady, should he have come back for another year or not? Um, this is maybe this is the hardest thing we have ever asked of Donald Trump. And when I say us, I don't mean this show. I mean us as a movement. Okay, this is harder than moving the moving the embassy. This is harder than uh, appointing the justices that will overturn Roe. This is, I mean, this is a lot. This is the, this is the hardest thing to do. We're we're asking him to go outside of his normal framework of how he typically operates. That's why the thing I read last hour, I tried to write it in the most favorable light I could possibly construct it that I thought if it ever came back to me, I could factually and with integrity make some credible case to why all those things I said are true to put it in the best possible light for him as I possibly could the softest landing that I, I possibly could. Okay. But I, I really don't think it's any more complicated than that. So I agree with Todd and so. So I wanted uh, to begin with that one, since we uh, were just talking about Donald Trump. Next two are from me. Um, uh, Ironically, on um, Tom Brady. 
Buy, sell, or hold. We will never see another quarterback come close to seven Super Bowls. Oh, completely buy. Buy. Yeah. I mean, with the embeddedness now, you know, when Brady first started playing, widespread free agency and the cap was was just beginning to become a full part of the um, uh, of the ecosystem of the NFL. He had a unique situation because of whom he was married to and the amount of money that she made that he didn't have to, he was almost never the highest paid quarterback in the NFL. Doesn't mean he was not making anything, but he would take 10, 15, 20 million a year less than mm-hmm. other guys were making so that the there was more salary cap room for roster building and things of that nature. It's just such a unique confluence of events. I completely agree. Unique. Unique. Yeah, stop trying to compare <clears throat> whatever, whoever's next after Patrick Mahomes. Just you're doing a disservice to both quarterbacks by trying to compare them to each other. Tom Brady, unique guy in unique circumstances. Right. Uh, over a unique duration of time, Patrick Mahomes, unique talent with a unique mind, and Andy Reid. They're just categorically, categorically just different. They're just in, they're one of one in different, different categories. When you get to the champion conference championship game level, man. That's great on great almost every single year, and it's really random. Since you brought up your boy Mahomes, what is he? The f- I mean, he's off to the best start of any quarterback in NFL history in that regard. Four straight home games in the AFC Championship game, right? Five. Five, okay. Until right now, though, he's only won one Super Bowl. I say only, Josh Allen's like, I'd kill for one of those. Dan mm-hmm. Marino's like, I'd kill for one of those. Yeah. Dan Faust is like, I'd kill for one of those. You know what I'm saying? I yeah. mean, it, when we get to that final level when there's only two, three, four teams left, it's so random. And the margins are so slim, okay? It is it is more likely Pat Mahomes will not win another Super Bowl than he will approach what he will win the seven that Tom Brady did, and yeah. and 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 he may and and that may happen in the process of him owning every record and every and all the greatest highlights in 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 the history of the position. It's hard to do that, and that's just such a unique situation that I I don't think we'll ever see anything like it again. Yeah, agreed. Uh, next one, I put this out in the tweet a few days ago. Buy, sell, or hold. This has been recurring thought to me recently. The Johnson and Johnson vaccine, uh, COVID jabs here in the United States, and the AstraZeneca COVID jabs over in Europe, uh, neither of which were mRNA, were banned not because they were dangerous. They were, but because they were not mRNA. Buy, sell, or hold. Buy, I, I've seen. A, go ahead. You there's go ahead, enough Tom. there that. Have to buy, yeah. I think that there's enough there too that I will do the same. I've seen you tweeting about this recently, and I've been contemplating it since you brought it up. Uh, and I think there is a lot. There, there's certain. We are certainly seeing more news about about uh, the advent of new mRNA shots than we are any other jab technology right now. So, at the very least, there is circumstantial evidence for your assertion. So, I will buy. Moving on, and now for some uh, conversational whiplash. Uh, believe it or not, it's just me, says best board games that can also start an epic family feud. This is a good category, but I should warn you, in the Days family, any <laughs> board game can start a family feud. <laughs> uh, tr- tr- how about Hungry Hungry Hippos? That's anything, not a, literally okay, anything. Okay. I mean, I mean, the kids cried because I wouldn't let them win Connect Four shoots and ladders, okay? I mean, any board game in this family can cause a feud, yes. Uh, trivial Pursuit. Absolutely. Sure. Aggravation. I don't know what that is. I don't know what that is either. I've heard of it, but I can't remember what it is. But it sounds like something that would swell by. <laughs> yeah. Uh, sorry, number three. We played that a lot. That I, might be the... Uh, I don't remember. I don't know if that's... It might be the only one we did not have a family feud over was sorry. What is sorry? That's the I, one where you roll the dice and you slide and you got to get back home to get safe and you can knock people off the path on getting back home. Right, the little pieces that you know with the different colors on the square board. 
You remember and it? I just remember. I don't remember anything about the game. Sorry, other than there's a okay. game. Sorry, and I know I played it. I'm fifty. Uh, number uh, two, uh, Scrabble. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this I, is a classic I, joke. I, she's not here, so I'll say it. I so demolished Anastasia on Words with Friends last week. She has not played a move in eight days. <laughs> she got behind by 300 points and stopped playing i just yes so i could see that happening yes and number one monopoly oh yeah obviously that's the widow maker man yeah that's the widow maker for sure you bet how many how many guys spend a night on the couch when that game come out like 1936 or something like that how many nights on couches has that game cost many a husband and a father over the years all right just unable to contain their monopolistic zeal and receive the due punishment for their actions from their wives. I've got a story to tell you, but it needs to be off the air. Just remind me. Okay. Uh, Live Free or Die says, we are two NFL Pro Bowls away from watching it played on an advanced multiplayer Madden game. Bye. Sure. I mean, we're doing, aren't we doing like a obstacle course or something I, what is it they're doing this weekend i don't know please i hope the world ends before this comes to pass I, this is all troubling it's what's going to happen the first time in all seriousness i think one of it's a seven on seven drill right yeah something like that what's going to happen the first time someone goes out there in a seven on seven drill plants and blows an achilles because that absolutely could happen you bet it could let's just stop the game and also stop video gaming everything. Let's just, let's, can we just have football? Why do you think that for how popular football is, it has not been able to create any kind of a successful all-star event like every it's other major hard. pro sport? Listen, here's the, I remember watching the Pro Bowl when we were young. Mm -hmm. It was always the week after the Super Bowl, It was Bowl, the actually. week after. Yeah. And everybody showed up. Uh isn't that your memory? Like yeah. the big, the, yeah. and yeah, everybody, we all knew even then, like this is not quite football, mm -hmm. but also like they didn't make nearly as much money as they did then. They got a so vacation the to Honolulu. Okay. Uh, yep. Yeah, and, and you've won the game. You won 25 or 50 grand. And that yeah. was a lot of and money in those so, days. Yeah. But no, none of that is remotely true now. Yeah. Just like Michael, people are saying is LeBron just whines and complains again on a missed fault. Would Michael Jordan do that? Of course not. We, so let's just, do we're making fools of ourselves and we're going to make bigger fools of ourselves if we i swear to god if we make the highlight of super bowl weekend anything to do with a damn video game like this just from like guys go kiss a girl go do something anything stop it there's a whole world out there talk to her first you know date for a little while yes don't just walk up and rant yes Man, I am so exhausted. But at this point, by this, we might if if the choice is non-initiative or creeper, you might have beaten us down to the point of at this point we'd rather deal with the creepers. At least there's some form of initiative there. <laughs> this is Sean Griffith's COVID parody band song list. Smells is like go kiss a girl on the list. <laughs> <laughs> smells like teen carditis. Ooh. Here we are now. Vaccinate us. I feel stupid and still contagious. Oh man, that's to a good start. That is off to a good start. Yeah, that, if you're going to start that, you're going to come that hard at the beginning, though. Follow you have through. raised yeah. the bar. Yes. 
Uh, Mo Moderna, Mo Problems, Nefarious B.I.G. The Mo Moderna we come across, the more problems we see. I like the Mo Moderna, more problems. It's not as strong overall, but I like that. Sure. So I'll buy. Yeah. Shilling in the name, rage against the vaccine. Oh, boy. Some of those that work far, uh, forces are the same force, uh, same that force vaxxed us, repeat by a uh, hundred times. Shilling in the name of, repeat 25 times. Now you do what they told you, repeat 50 times. The fact, I just, I'm going to buy because you just did this to rage against the machine. The communist, is it, wouldn't, isn't there a guitar player, Tom, what's his face, used to wear that communist uh, hat, right? Okay. Charged three hundred dollars for yeah, and tickets. they and, and and they charged you three hundred dollars for tickets and made you uh, show your vaccine card. You know, uh, B- Bernie year. Sanders is on like some sort of speaking uh, circuit called "It's Okay to Be Against Capitalism," I think is the name of it. Yeah, he's charging like eighty to ninety bucks per seat on Ticketmaster. <laughs> Did you see uh, Steph Curry and his wife lobbying to stop yeah. affordable housing? And from they being wrote, put into yeah, their neighborhood? wrote a letter to their city saying, "We don't want to add to the noise of." of basically uh, not in our neighborhood, literally. Yeah. But we have some concerns about our privacy and safety. Yeah. Funny how that works. Yeah. Unbelievable. Uh, sure shot. The boosty boys. Boosty boys. Pull up to the party and you know I'm no vax while all the vaxxed people are home on Prozac's. But you can't, you won't, you don't stop. You'll go back and rock a fifth shot. That's really good. Yeah. That one's really good. That's a definite buy. Uh, Jeremy's Pearl Jab. Clearly, I remember Pearl jabbing. Jab. Uh, clearly, I remember jabbing up the boy. Seemed a uh, harmless little prick, but we unleashed the lion. Jeremy stroked in. Jeremy stroked in. Jeremy stroked in. Classed. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Oh, man. That should not be funny, man. Okay? Because it's real. Okay, but Jimmy stroked it. We're all, we all are going to hell for laughing. At okay? okay? Jimmy it took a while to really sink in. I, I, think, I think you managed to just unleash... Three years of... Yes. Of, yeah. of just anger, gallows humor, yeah. whistling past the graveyard. Yes. I mean, I, that's just brutal, man. <laughs> that's just brutal. <laughs> I think that should be an actual video. <laughs> Jeremy Stockton. Please. Clearly, Please. I remember picking on a boy. Oh my! Yeah, Climon has the top five Disney villains, Pixar not included. Number five, Shere Khan from the Jungle Book. I don't remember that. I oh, barely yeah. remember it, but sure. Yeah, okay. yeah the lot, the tiger. Okay. Yep. Uh, number four, Ursula from Abs- the Little Mermaid. Absolutely. Yep. yep. You bet. Uh, number three, Cruella Deville. Classic. Have to buy. Uh, it's, it's a classic. That's a classic. It's a vintage uh, Disney yeah. villain. Okay, I'll buy. Number two, Scar. You yes. bet. From Lion King. Yep. And number one, Maleficent. That's from my, that might Sleeping be your that might be your OG right there. We're pretty close. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. a good list. Yeah. Honorable mentions: Jafar and Evil Queen. I think that's good too. Yeah. 
Next, Brian Johnson says, in light Lead singer of, of ACDC, no? Yeah, huh? yeah, he's a big fan of this show. In light of the <laughs> disastrous uh, NFC Championship, NFL teams should be required to carry three quarterbacks for each game. I, I think uh, I think I saw Clay Travis talking about this. They're going to go back. I think, I think the emergency quarterback rule will be reinstated. Probably shouldn't have been gotten rid of. It's not like they can't afford another roster spot. So I'll buy. Don't most... Have three quarterbacks? No, a lot of teams no, anymore only two. take two. Yeah, to save a roster spot. Yeah. Um, yeah, but like, see, here's an example. It wasn't a disaster. I mean, they lost four quarterbacks in one season. We're acting like this happens every single day, and now we're going to call this like something must be done. I don't know. That just happened. I don't. I. I don't disagree with. What Steve said, the particulars of an emergency quarterback, but I, I don't, I don't see this was a disaster. This was a, this was fa- fascinating, quite frankly, uh, to me. And maybe we were paying more attention to it because of the Brock Purdy angle. I have to, I, I will admit, I did watch that game to the last snap, just to rubberneck it, if for no other reason than that, just because it was just such an odd thing going on. So yeah, there's some point to that, sure. Next up, we go to D.S. Charlesworth, who has a rather lengthy one, but I think it's worth it. Two weeks ago, the story came out about the married female cop that had affairs with multiple other cops. You guys hear about that yes, story? Yes, I did. Uh, Michael Knowles uh, says, this is still not a good enough reason to get a divorce because there's never good reason for divorce per Catholic teachings. Buy, seller hold, Michael Knowles is correct. I'll let you take that one first. <sighs> oh... See, there's, I'm stuck because obvious. Here, when my wife and I did marriage prep, this is how I'm going to answer it. Okay, I, and we don't have that much time. When we did marriage prep, you do this this test. Everybody had to take. Uh, fill in the blank, where it keeps asking different versions of the same question over again. You get pattern recognition where the couples are strong, weak, etc. The one, like, immediately, like. Everything was out the window was when if my husband or wife cheat on me, like the, the unforgivable sin. Mm-hmm. Well, it's it's not. And we and we know that theoretically. But like yesterday, here comes the application. And so uh, here's where it's important. Like we need. I, I'm we need to up our game and our understanding of can can this sin be forgiven? The answer is, of course, yes. It cannot be excluded from it. So I don't know if I, I don't know if that's the point Michael Knowles was trying to make. I'm familiar with the fact that he did this. Um, so I'm going to leave it at that because we are short on time, and this is actually it's just too heavy for me to be trite about. It, it's really an important issue. It is. Um, I will defer. I have an immense amount of respect for Michael and his intellect, so I will defer to him on. Uh, church Catholic church teaching on the matter. I don't believe from a solo scriptura perspective that divorce that, it, that the Bible teaches the divorce is never justified that I don't. So that's how I'll answer for now. Okay. Um, doesn't mean it's, it doesn't mean it, 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 something can be never endorsed and not never justified at the same time. Uh, as Jesus says to the to the Pharisees when he's asked about this, and the and this Moses granted this because we are sinners. Okay, within within the union of sin, sinners, 
there can be a calamity, a sin of calamitousness to the point that it is justified, not, not endorsed. It is not the design. It is not endorsed, but it now, is justified. One important point, and I don't know if there's a Protestant version of this in any way, but Catholic, we have an annulment process with marriages, mm-hmm. which, which ultimately means a marriage, a valid marriage never took place. Mm-hmm. The person who assented on one and never gave themselves over mind, body and soul to this. So, so even if there's a consummation I, that can still apply, I don't know. I'm asking. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. So that might be the next phase of the next tweet okay. from Michael. Yeah, in the future, maybe don't ask that question of us with three minutes left in the half an hour. Entire books yeah, I looked and, at the and, clock. It's and, like, i Encyclicals screwed. have been written about this yeah. topic. <laughs> okay. But Next so, yeah. is Chris Travis Kelsey, greatest tight end of all time. I'm okay with that. He's certainly on the list. We have Tony He's... Gonzalez and, um, you know, a, a, a Jay Novacek. Uh, I'm, I'm okay with it. Aaron, I, I, like, we have our Hawkeye Winslow. issue, Badger Hawkeye. I have no, I, I, the Chiefs are fantastic. I like the Chiefs. He's obnoxious though, so I've got to sell. I, I, he, he's very, very like out of his way, grading and childish and stupid. But he is fantastic. Wanna, but I'm not going to give it to uh, him yet. Thank the Lord, you know he really. <laughs> did you see that the other night? Yeah, I did. He pulled yeah. out the jabroni <laughs> reference. And, yeah. I mean, uh, just a little class. Kids are watching. It's just dumb. Uh, Tom Sawyer, twenty-one twelve, says an unprecedented number of NFL players will retire suddenly this offseason due to, but not blamed on, the jabs. Sell, sell. These guys are already making they, um, calculations about exactly. risking all forms of danger, exactly because of the uniqueness of this skill set and its profitability. So on that, I will sell. Unless they are physically shown debilitation, and even yep. then, yep. Yeah, Steve. Could there be like Steve's one right. who's like the one or yeah. two who's like 30, 31, 32. They got mm-hmm. their second contract. They're yeah. good to go. Not worth it again. Sure. But droves? No way. Uh, one more quickly. Steve Deese's mispronounced last name says with Nikki Haley <laughs> in the race now, DeSantis will announce he's running earlier than previously so, expe- oh, so, speculated. So. It so. might take longer now with yeah. somebody. Honestly. If anything, he's probably more inclined to let her go out there and get clubbed by Trump for a while. Yeah. All right. We'll come back. Daniel Horowitz will be here when we do. Stay tuned. All right, folks, don't forget, whatever we had remaining from buy, sell, or hold submissions, we'll get to those in the overtime today, blazetv.com slash dace. We'll record that right after today's show. For Blaze TV subscribers, it'll be uploaded later today at blazetv.com slash dace. And blazetv.com slash dace is where you can go to become a Blaze TV subscriber if you would like. And it's just 10 bucks a month at blazetv.com slash dace. This part of the show brought to you by Constitution Wealth. If you want your money to work for your values and not against them, if you want to stop investing in causes and entities that hate you and are trying Mm -hmm. to undo your way of life, this is what Constitution Wealth, they specialize in. These guys are fiery, they're passionate, they're knowledgeable, they're a great fit for this show and our audience. I really enjoyed getting to know them, hearing their thoughts. These guys really know their stuff. Get a free consultation today. If nothing else, you just want to pick these guys' brains for a while. I mean, they're that good. ConstitutionWealth.com slash Steve is where you need to go. And this is now how you can find out how to make your financial decisions, your portfolio, 
how you can have it influenced by and affirming your personal convictions and passions and values rather than uh, opposing them or being in conflict with them. Constitutionwealth.com slash Steve. Get financial investment and financial planning that is morally empowering and from like-minded patriots like you at constitutionwealth.com slash Steve. Once again, constitutionwealth.com slash Steve. Let's welcome back to the program, the weekly prophet of woe and lamentation himself, the one and only Daniel Horowitz. Good to see you, brother. How are you? We're doing all right. Fourth Reich History Month. That's what February is going to be all about. It is. You see our boy Tucker Carlson last night calling for uh, tribunals and commissions on Fox News. You see this? Yep, trial. Yeah, I mean, he didn't mention trialsandexecution.com, but yeah. that's where it's at. He basically laid out the case for it. Yes, he did. Yeah, he did. All right, before we get into the meat of what I wanted to talk to you about, I mentioned this in passing earlier in the show, and I want to get your take on it. This, 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 how surreal it was yesterday to see Chip Roy and Thomas Massey running the floor agenda for the House Republican majority, right? I mean... Is that was that the equivalent of the Clampets, you know, visiting Buckingham Palace? I mean that that's that was surreal to see, and and frankly, one of the only reasons left on a macro level to actually continue voting Republican is to try to create circumstances like that for people like that, basically, right? You know, Steve, it was interesting because for all these years, I would watch and you'd look at the two sides debate and and no one watches C-SPAN really. But you see the Democrats with the conviction pounding the lectern. They believe in their in their views. And then the Republicans would always agree to the premise, but find something to maybe disagree about. And then you saw Thomas Massey get up there. And I was thinking in three years of this. That was the first time someone articulated on the House floor that the shots themselves were problematic. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we have literally thousands upon thousands of data points and studies and this and that. We've been passing around for two years straight, but it, it didn't go anywhere. And McDermott, who is the Democrat Rules Committee ranking member, he didn't know what to do with it. He didn't know what to do. with. He never was confronted with that reality, he's like, what are you talking about? And now he's saying the vaccines don't work. What, what does that mean? I never heard that before. Mm-hmm. So at least we're going to finally get an airing of our views on the House floor, whatever you know becomes of it. Let's get now to the substance of what I wanted to talk to you about. Particularly, I want to start with your most recent piece dealing with the numbers involving the jab. What does the number seven and a half million mean? What does what does the 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 percentage seventy percent mean in your piece? Like to me, those are the the two big takeaways of what you just wrote about at Conservative Review. Which at this point, since Facebook has all but banned me with the amount of throttling on my account, I just went ahead and posted your piece on my Facebook wall anyway, in defiance of them. But uh, go ahead and tell us why those two numbers are important for our entire audience to know and understand. Well, you introduced the therapeutic. What do you get from it? And what do you lose from it? What's the cost benefit analysis? So we're supposed to gain, uh, you know, an alleviation of the COVID pandemic from it. That's what it was actually supposed to shut it down. The the reality is 72% of all deaths, of all COVID deaths occurred after the shots were released. And 
if you go further around the world, you'll often find like in Scandinavia, in the Pacific Rim, you know, South Korea, Japan, Taiwan, um, and then obviously Australia, New Zealand, almost all of their deaths were after seniors already had boosters. So it was late 2021, mm-hmm. really 2022. Um, others, it was 2021 because of Delta, which we believe was either created from a lab leak, created from the shots, or as one French uh, University of Marseille study demonstrated that the Delta variant was, lends itself to um, antibody-dependent disease enhancement from those suboptimal antibodies produced by the shot. So you have negative you have more deaths before you even get to the side effects. We didn't even get to the shot killing people, but the virus killing people. And, you know, there's, you know, about six and three quarter million uh, recorded COVID deaths globally. Again, almost three quarters of them occurred after the shots were fully available, particularly to the demographic that was most prone to death. Now you get into, okay, how many died from, you know, heart failure and all of the other uh, maladies and injuries from the shot. Mm -hmm. And Michigan State University, uh, you know, several departments did a study um, based on a survey of 2,800 asking them how many people they know got the shot, how many people they know died from it, how many they know were injured it, and they overlay it to the state by state there's death reporting and they come up with a formula to estimate 278,000 vaccine related deaths by the time of the survey which was December 18th 2021 that's the first year roughly after the first year of the vaccine and i said to myself well wait a minute if x number of doses at that time given out in the us produced 200 or resulted in 278,000 deaths. So it was something maybe like 493 million at the time. I said, well, how many total doses have been given out globally mm-hmm. as of now, you know, year to date or, you know, more than slightly more than two years? And it's 13.24 billion globally. So if you just extrapolate that and multiply it, that would work out to 7.5 million hmm. deaths and roughly 30 million or so severe injuries because they have parallel numbers for that. And, you know, and, and again, you know, not every uh, each one, J&J, AstraZeneca, this one might have different rates or whatever, but that is a pretty legitimate extrapolation. And one more thing to note while you soak in a number that's greater than that of the Holocaust, and this is a two-year timeline, by the way. Oh, and by the way, all six and three-quarter million COVID deaths are from the same industry was likely involved in the production of that virus and then the exacerbation of it with that very shot. So, so they're, they're, so they're guilty the on both ends of, that, the, of the spectrum. And, and that's an important point because yeah. I hear a lot. I heard this on the House debate. It's like, well, the virus is over. We don't need to worry. What we bring out in the book is I have no need to downplay the virus. Um, that is not natural. Um, they did both and they need to be responsible for both. Mm-hmm. And they're producing both as Pfizer basically admitted in their denial, non-denial to Project Veritas. But if anything, confounders would indicate that the numbers would be higher because all the information indicates that this is dose dependent. It's a cumulative effect. Like a Russian roulette. So 
right? Every time, yeah. maybe the first time you put the bullet in the chamber and you spin the you spin the chamber and pull the trigger at your temple, nothing happens. But the more times you do it, eventually you're going to find the bullet or the odds that you yeah, will and, increase. And, and Pfizer's own studies showed this, that when they went up to 60, 100 micrograms, they got many more problems with the mice and, and deaths and destruction. They, they chose 30 micrograms for the adult shot ultimately. So when when you're talking about the reason why I believe this is a valid extrapolation, because if anything, if you take the dosages, the doses from 2022, that's going to be almost exclusively third and fourth doses for people. Um, so pound per pound, if you have a death rate of, you know, a death per 1700 doses in that first year of the rollout, because most of the doses were cumulative multiples in people who already had the juice adding up, the mRNA producing, I think it's reasonable to suggest, and, and the anecdotally, it certainly does seem to be an acceleration of the deaths in the second year. It could be more than 7.5 million. But let's say it's 5 million. Let's say it's 4 million. Steve, what in the world? How is this not the top issue? And that would be crazy enough if they were done with this. Just wanted to cover it up. But they're saying annual COVID shot. So every time you go to a pharmacy, yep. oh, here's here's an abortion for you. Mm -hmm. That's what it is, um, especially with the fertility problems. And then the mRNA flu shot, the mRNA RSV shot, RSV, okay? That's the opposite of COVID. That's weighted towards newborns. Every newborn is going to be, every, every parent of a newborn, every pediatrician is going to be convinced that you must take something that just killed likely millions of people, now we're gonna start it all over again with the next shot. I know we're right. The question is how many more people have to die before this is shut down? I know, that's and that's that's what keeps me up at night, man. That, that's, that's what uh, grieves my soul. Final thing I wanna ask you, is it, is it possible that one of the tragic great ironies here is that we can't completely say that this isn't this tech, this medical technology, this mRNA medical technology isn't some in, incredible breakthrough, a 21st century penicillin, if you will. But given the current regulatory environment, where no such regulate regulatory environment essentially exists, there's no accountability mechanism there. There is no market force that would compel um, the integrity of a product, the safety of a product. They're, they're exonerated and indemnified against your attempts to get relief or recompense from them when they damage you or kill you. Right. We have, we, that we have removed any incentive to fully and safely explore this kind of technology because of the, 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 the just the flat out fascism that exists here between the state as the primary customer of these yes. bio pharmace pharmaceutical, uh, you know, conglomerates. And so we, we may never get a clear verdict on whether this would have been a profound discovery or not, because it's just tarnished by government power and corporate greed and the marriage of those two things. The state owns it, funds it, markets it, distributes it, mandates it, and then indemnifies them. And then even for willful misconduct, DOJ has to be the one initiating the action mm -hmm, mm -hmm. against it. Um, so so because, you know, they're they're essentially the, the the defendant in this case, but also would have to be the plaintiff. So here's the deal, Steve. 
theoretically, so so they talk about, for example, um, a heart medication that they want to do through mRNA, you know, because uh, there seems to be a lot of heart problems lately. And somehow uh, uh, Moderna knew how to get ahead of the curve on that. So, you know, you'll produce more heart cells and, and heart tissue cells. And, and that sounds very nice that you code your body to produce that. And that's not like a pathogenic spike. But here's the deal. God didn't create our bodies to accept all things, no matter how good they are. Nothing is completely good in all quantities at all times in all parts of the body. Um, I asked Dr. Ryan Cole this question about, you know, producing heart tissue. And, and he said, yeah, do you know what uncontrolled production of tissue is? Cancer. Mm. <laughs> and it's not a coincidence that we are seeing a lot of cancer because this is an uncontrolled metastasy. That's what it is. There's no shutoff valve or modulation. So yeah, theoretically, we're all for right to try, but the problem is that until we get rid of this indemnity issue, there's nothing you can ever do. Right. I mean, why, what would stop them? Why should they stop? What about what has happened? They earned $100 billion this year in revenue, Pfizer that is, $100 billion. Um, and they're on to the next thing, and the government's automatically buying it. I mean, it turned out even Novavax government bought something like three hundred fifty thousand or so doses, and they only used about ten percent of it. So hey, you know they have endless money, no liability. Government is their marketing force, their censorship force, beats out the competition. Um, this needs to stop, and 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 until that does, we cannot trust any of that. And there, there clear, clearly is no shot off valve. And, and remember, there, there's a reason they obsess, Steve, about vaccination. See, if it's a therapy, well, you have to be a, the targeted individual that's in need of that therapy at that right. moment. Right. But that, that's the idea of vaccine. You take every human being alive, regardless of their circumstance, and from the time they're born in my religion, on the eighth day, you give them a circumcision like Abraham. This is, this is the religion that a human being is born imperfect and pharma will perfect that individual for you uh, with an ever growing list and litany of items. And there's no circumspection, no question about the rationale. Hey, this is only for pregnant women. This is only needed for fetuses. Uh, this is only needed if you're you know, going to daycare center. I'm saying even if you believe it's safe and effective, just some of these ailments, the rationale to get it, it should be universal. No questions asked whatsoever. I don't understand how this is not the biggest pro-life issue of our you. time. I hear you. You're exactly right. As usual. Thank you, brother. Good to see you. See you later. You bet. Gentlemen, final thoughts? Uh, that was a tour de force, but I do understand the way we have normalized this at a DNA level in, in people. They just can't. There's, you said we might have the video of the year, Steve. Remember the fake vaccination commercial mm -hmm. that somebody just, yeah. it was brilliant. Yeah. But that understands what we're dealing with. Right now you get in your car after the show, you go listen to this. There's going to be commercials with that, it, the real thing. They're telling you right now, we are one of two countries that allow you to be uh, spoon fed pharma, dogma, and propaganda via the airwaves every single day. It's the only it's the, it's the fish out of water kind of thing. It's the only thing people know. So it, it that's why this is when I might arguing with Shannon on Friday, getting past this is an absolutely religious issue that most people don't understand.
And until we, it's one thing if we understood the problem, it'd be hard enough. Most people still do not understand what we are dealing with, the trance we are under when it comes to pharma. We are going to stick around and record overtime for Blaze TV subscribers, which will be some bonus buy, seller, hold. For the rest of you, we will see you manana, noon to 2 Eastern, right after Hall of Famer Glenn Beck, right here on Blaze TV. Until then, John 317. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.